Face the Music, a pre-yellow song-by-song podcast, is sponsored by fine Patreoners like Rob Eben. This is Face the Music, a pre-yellow song-by-song podcast. Episode negative zero seven three. My father's son, the Idol Race. My Father's Son was released as the B-side of Here We Go Round the Lemon Tree in September 1967 in Europe and America, but not in England because of the whole lemon tree zonophone kerfuffle. It was written and sung by Idle Race rhythm guitarist David Pritchard. Just like your father. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm my father's son. I'm my father's son too. And my sister is my father's daughter. And my mom is my father's wife. And my papa is my father's father. My mom did the uh, genealogy back a thousand years, so I could really go on a long time with this. Well, I'll just give a quote from Hot Shots. I think it was Hot Shots Part Do. Yeah, you better say Hot Shots and not what you said, which was Hot Sharts, which is something completely <laughs> different. <laughs> now we're derailed. <laughs> well, that'll happen when you eat the extra spicy chalupa from Taco Bell. <laughs> Hot shots part do. These men are celibate, like their fathers and their fathers before them. <laughs> so they must all be adopted. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. Which actually I am, so... <laughs> Let's get back on track again with this track, which is the B-side to Idol Race's version of Here We Go Round the Lemon Tree. At first, when it started off, I was, oh, it's a flip side. Thunk, 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 thunk. Okay, we got to record this, but then the guitar comes in. And that kind of redeems it quite a bit. Now, this was written by Dave Pritchard which was the band's other guitarist other than Jeff Lynne. So I'm wondering, since it also lists him as also singing, but does not say lead vocal, is this Jeff Lynne or is it Dave Pritchard singing the song? From everything I've seen, it's Dave Pritchard. And from everything I can hear, it's Dave Pritchard. Yeah, because I just didn't sound like Jeff Lynne at all, for one thing. So my thought was, well, he wrote the song. He's listed on vocals. He's probably singing the song, and I was pretty sure this is his guitar because it does not sound like Jeff Lynne's guitar style at all. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think about that. Mostly I thought, oh, this kind of sounds like the guitar during the freak out at Magic Carpet Ride. But I also remember Jeff Lynne with the Chads and how he was pretty damn good at playing the guitar. And he is pretty damn good at playing the guitar. 
So I didn't know if he just, it's 1967, and that sort of psychedelic freak-out magic carpet ride kind of guitar is in a lot of the psychedelic freak-out songs of the time. So I don't know if that's Jeff on lead guitar, playing guitar that was played at the times, or if it is Pritchard. Because Jeff is listed as lead guitar for the band, but that doesn't mean that if another band member writes the song. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Jeff Lynn, you know, so... Just leave a quick voicemail. Say, yes, that was me on lead guitar. No, that was Dave Pritchard on lead guitar. I think we're more likely to hear from Dave Pritchard. That'd be pretty cool. I wouldn't mind yeah. hearing if from... He, if uh, he's still around, yeah. I'm, I wouldn't mind hearing from members of the Idol Race. But it starts all kind of plodding along, but then it does pick up once that guitar hits. And mm -hmm. vocally, it's fine. Lyrically, mm. it's okay. Mm -hmm. It could have been a lot more uh, out there, I should say. <laughs> Usually with the psychedelic stuff, you expect it to be a bit more out there. And this was, this actually was a little bit more like Night Raiders stuff, to tell you the truth. With Here We Go Round the Lemon Tree, seemed to be Idol Race in full force. This is everything that we can do. Here's all the tricks and warbles and effects and all this other cool stuff. And this one is Idol Race without throwing in everything. And that's not a bad thing. And this is totally Idol Race on their own, too. There's no Roy Wood or any outside help involved. It's a much more toned down than Lemon Tree. Certainly not loaded with effects and all kinds of weird things. But it's not a bad song. I kind of like the tune of it. I like how Pritchard sings it. It's not heavy psychedelic where my mind feels like it's totally blown out of its out of the water. But sort of get a, a light psychedelic to it. There are a couple reasons why this guy is not very happy. The subject of the song anyway not Dave Pritchard. He seems to be that he has to follow in his dad's footsteps and he has to be his dad. Sort of like his dad built this human-shaped cage around him and now he has to be like his dad. It's a story that's been told a lot. Rick Springfield did it in 1983 with like father like son. He raised his son in the English way and it taught him respect, it taught him how to pray. He sent him off to boarding school where he learned how to live by someone else's rules. It must be something much deeper than fear or pain. Another child learns a pattern, he won't break the chain. I think another reason why this person is sad is, well, the very first thing is he, he gets up before dawn, and that's just crazy. That would make me upset, too, if I had to do that every day. Unless it's a woman named Dawn that you're getting up in front of. Hey, you know, I hadn't thought of that. It is the mid-60s, <laughs> and he is in a rock band, so finding somebody named Don to wake up with wouldn't be very hard for him. Do we have anything else left to say about this song? Not really. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not really much yeah. to talk about. It's kind of a simple song with the story that's been heard many times, a son who feels like he has to be like his dad because that's how he was raised, and... God forbid he step outside of that cage that uh, he's been raised up in, even as an adult. It's a pleasant enough tune. It's not a bad B-side. Burma shave. It's the 1960s. You decide to tune in, turn on, drop out, go spend some time in a commune, and then go crawling back to your rich daddy, <laughs> become a stockbroker, and then sit there ensconced in your position for years after you should have retired to make sure nobody from Gen X... Or the millennials can advance anywhere whatsoever. Just kick those rungs out of the corporate ladder and completely screw the economy for years to come. So, mm -hmm. it's a story yeah. we've all lived. Got something to say about my father's son? Then call the telephone line voicemail. Six 
6238503375 call now for the last few years i've been doing this insomnia project making a google spreadsheet of the chart life for every song that made the billboard sales top 100 and hot 100 chart from the very first chart on july 20th 1940 to the present right now as of february 9th I'm up to 1973, and that's when ELO had their first hit, Roll Over Beethoven. And um, I came across something that, uh, well, was pretty odd. So Roll Over Beethoven entered into Hot 100's Bubbling Under chart at number 111 on April 21st, 1973. The next week it entered the Hot 100 at number 90. And it kept rising and rising and, and rising. And on June 2nd, 1973, it got up to number 65. And then the very next week, June 9th, 1973, it dropped down to number 100. Usually, any song that drops that far down and barely hangs on at number 100, it's a good bet that's its last week on the chart and it will never return. But I know exactly what you're saying. Eric Paul Johnson, you magnificently sexy beast that I would leave my husband or go gay for. I thought Roll Over Beethoven got to number 42. Was this a myth? Did it get to number 42 on some other chart, but not the one that matters, which is Billboard? I had all those very same questions, but I found this little short blurb here in the Billboard issue for June 9th, 1973, and it explains why, after climbing steadily, Roll Over Beethoven just about completely dropped off the chart. Headline, sorry, wrong name. Los Angeles. Rollover Beethoven should enjoy a higher position on this week's Hot 100 chart than is shown. The reason for the discrepancy is the fact that the chart's check sheet, whereby retailers are sampled, failed to list the Electric Light Orchestra, but instead named another artist. As a result, retailers sampled reported on the other artist and not the hot-selling Electric Light Orchestra. Next week's chart will rectify this error. Well, after getting up to 65 and then falling to number 100, it had to claw its way back up. And next week it was number 79 on June 16, 1973. But then it did start to make its way up. And yes, on June 28, 1973, it got to number 42. So if that's not a kick in the pants, here's another one for ELO. It spent 16 weeks on the Hot 100 and never made the top 40. Who knows? Rollover Beethoven may have been their first top 40 hit if Billboard hadn't screwed things up. Now, if you're interested in the entire chart run, you can hear that on the expanded episode. So, before I go into that, everybody settle in for a hard edit if you're not listening to the expanded episode. Well, say hey, this is Dr. Troy with my thoughts on My Father's Son. I like this song. It's a B-side, and I think I like it a little better than the A-side, the Idle Races cover of Here We Go Round the Lemon Tree. So, what's the first thing I notice about this song? Well, the beginning, the bass line. It sounds a little bit ominous in a way, and I can't help but be reminded of the beginning of Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. I know that Jack White's taste in music is rather eclectic, 
And so I kind of wonder if maybe he was aware of this song and may have included that opening of Seven Nation Army and the main bass line as a tip of the hat to the idol race. I don't know, but it's a nice thought. Another thing I noticed about the song is the vocals. I would describe them as kind of staccato-like vibrato, I guess, if that's the word, I don't know. But the style of vocals on this song reminds me of Son of My Father by Giorgio, as in Giorgio Moroder, who would later become one of the top producers of the disco era. This was his one hit as a recording artist in 1972, and it's similar. The vocals on My Father's Son and the vocals on Giorgio's Son of My Father are very similar. Maybe Giorgio knew this song and was influenced by it, though I don't know. My favorite part of the song is the middle. Here you have what I would call a building block of ELO. I've been looking for that in these songs we've been listening to. And it's just the way the guitar, which actually, the guitar riff goes throughout the whole song, and I love that. But it comes more to the forefront in the middle part, and you have this interesting mix of the guitar riff and the backup vocals, which almost reach a chorus-like quality. And I couldn't help but think if you add some strings to this, you might get a good to very good ELO B-side. Now, there is one thing I don't like about this song, and that's the final verse. I think the guitar line and the backing vocals are a little bit too loud, and it's kind of hard to hear the main vocal part. But other than that, I was very impressed. Well, I will talk to you next week. Feast the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel, to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod or PayPal using the podcast's email address or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932, Superior, Arizona 85173. Next week, episode negative zero seven two, Imposters of Life magazine.